Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello there. Hope you are so wonderful. Welcome to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. Today, I'm going to take you through seven things that I don't outsource in my seven-figure business, which I thought would be really fun to do because I have had conversations with clients in the past where they almost are feeling wrong in the fact that they have decided to keep certain parts of the business for themselves. And, you know, at this point, if you're somebody who listens to the podcast frequently, you will know that my view is very much that you know, you, you get to do business your way. And with that, there are so many things that you do get to continue to do if you want to, which I think can feel quite freeing to know that you don't have to outsource parts of the business that you might really love. Perhaps they're the reasons why you got into the business in the first place. And also to hear some of the things that I choose to keep myself just to speak more to that piece of choosing to do the things that you most love in the business. For me, when I started this business, I did so because it was a culmination of so many things that I loved. You know, having a marketing background, I absolutely love writing and marketing and creating messaging. And as a strategist, creating strategy is so much fun for me, creating curriculum, uh, methodology, And then, of course, coaching, you know, starting this business primarily as a coach, going and studying coaching, even when I worked in corporate, that was always my favorite part of my role. And so a lot of the things that I've kept hold of within the business are the things that are the reason why I got into this business in the first place. They're the things that I absolutely love doing, the things that don't take me a hell of a lot of time, and they make me feel really creatively inspired and connected to my business. So I'm going to take you through these seven things that I do, and I've chosen to include only things that I have always done within the business. So to give you an example, I didn't add in content, even though that's something that I currently do within the business myself, because it is something that I've outsourced in the past and will likely be something that I outsource again. I've chosen to share the seven things that I have always kept myself in the business. All right, let's kick off. The first one is ideation. So something that I've always done myself within the business is ideated myself. You know, I might have my coach add things or my team add things, but everything starts by 
being my idea primarily. So what I mean by that is that I'm always building the business that I want. I'm always building the business model that I want. I'm always creating a method that is unique to me. And I think that it's really, really important that we do go within when it comes to our ideation, our ideation of our programs, our ideation of our business model, our ideation of the way in which we work. That isn't to say that others don't build on my ideas or that I don't welcome other ideas into the business. I absolutely do. I'll give you two examples of this. The first is that Niv, my business manager, she might come to me with something. So for example, she came to me recently with a really cool lead magnet format idea that she thought we could use in the business, which we absolutely will at some point because I loved that idea. And I was like, great, yes, let's absolutely do something with this. Or Lacey, my coach, might take an idea that I've made and make additional recommendations around it. So for example, when I took the idea of the mastermind model to her, I initially took that to her as an idea of like a lower cost program. And she was the one who said to me, I think you've got an opportunity to make this something bigger and to really own this space. So both of those are examples of things that have happened where I've brought forward ideas or I've created ideas, I've ideated in some way, and I've also had the team support me with that. But my point that I wanted to make around this first one here is that it simply means that my big picture ideation, so programs, how I want to work, how I run things all start with me. I think that it can be so easy to want to outsource our ideas, both by leaning really heavily into our coach or our team to tell us what's right or to ideate based on what we see other businesses do and then copy that approach, neither of which are going to support you long-term in your business. So ideation is the first one here. All right. The second is thought leadership. Now, thought leadership is something that I think for every single personal brand, it needs to be your own. It needs to be your own. This one is something that I would say is a real non-negotiable But there are some sneaky ways that it can accidentally become not your own as you grow. Let me explain. Now, when you hire a team, if you've got team supporting you with things like content, whether it be your social content or, you know, a copywriter that you hire for email sequences, it can be really easy for that content or that messaging to become something that is really generic and not necessarily your unique take on it, your unique style, your unique thought leadership. So to give you an example of this, I once hired a copywriter for an email sequence. And because I hadn't given them a solid enough brief, they were creating value content because it worked best and they were doing their job. But it was all sorts of recommendations and tips of things that I would never say you know, types of value, types of tips where I was like, that is just such generic business advice. There's nothing in that that's like uniquely me. And I remember thinking my job is to always guide my team, my people with my thought leadership. And so something that I recommend to clients to help with this process is to A, start by giving really, really good briefs if you're doing things like getting a copywriter involved in your process Or if you have somebody that's supporting you with your content, the best way that you can set up this system is that you start by creating a hero piece of content. If you've got a podcast, that's the best hero piece of content you can have or a Facebook live or an Instagram live or something that is the meatiest piece of content that 
everything can then be repurposed around. So for example, when we used to have our content manager in the business, I would create the weekly podcast and she would then create content based on that podcast. So I'd be writing that episode, recording that episode, very much making it my thought leadership, my storytelling, my ideas, my examples, all of those things that culminate thought leadership. And then she would take that and create content using my thought leadership specifically. And that worked really, really well. The reason why it's really important that we maintain our own thought leadership is it's the thing that's going to to make us stand apart, especially online. So by having your own thought leadership, by consistently creating your own thought leadership, this is one where I really see this one being a, a somewhat of a non-negotiable, and I can't think of any example where you would be able to fully outsource your thought leadership as a personal branded business. All right. The third one is sales. This one, however, is a very personal one. I do all my own sales. So I've got clients who outsource their sales. They might have a sales manager that works on a commission structure. They also might have a full-time or a part-time sales manager that they've got on payroll. I've got clients who do both of those things. I'm definitely not saying that to be successful, you need to do your own sales, but hear me out because I think that sometimes we think we have to outsource all the things to scale when actually that's just not true. So I personally sell in DMs. I used to take sales calls up until about 18 months ago. I still take the odd sales call if I choose to, but it's not a standard part of our sales process. And it really works for me. The main reason it really works for me is because the type of business that I run right now is not a business that is to scale. So for example, if we ran a program where we worked with hundreds or thousands of clients in our coaching programs, then I would absolutely have a sales team on board because that would make sense for the business to, well, it it just wouldn't function and I'd be burning myself out if that was the case. But because I work with a smaller number of clients, only really in terms of coaching around about a hundred clients or less a year, it makes so much more sense for me right now to be the person that runs those sales calls. It works for me. I'm excellent at sales. My conversion rates are really high. I love building those relationships with clients. And because I'm the lead coach in the business, it makes sense for me to start those relationships early. And so it really works for me. And I've definitely had seasons where I've thought that I've needed to outsource sales and you know, people say to me, you do your own sales at this point in your business, you know, in running a seven figure business. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And it's not hard and it doesn't take me a lot of time. We've got a system, we've got a really clear sales system of what works for us. And it's something that I really love doing. So again, just that full permission piece around if there's parts of the business that you love doing, that you want to continue doing, that you know aren't blocking you from, this is a core revenue generating task, right? It's not like I'm hiding behind the scenes doing some sort of you know system or process that's not helping me make money. Sales is one of the core revenue generating tasks that you can have in any business. And so it absolutely makes sense that if this is something that works, that I continue doing it within the business. All right. The fourth thing that I don't outsource is my offer suite strategy. So this is really an extension of the ideation one here. All my offers are created by me. 
all my offers are ideated by me. I plan what's coming next in my office suite. I plan the titles. I plan the structure of those offers. I plan the strategy of those offers. I do all my own offer creation. I plan the launch strategy for them. Again, that is all my wheelhouse. And so, you know, these are conversations that I'll absolutely have with my coach and with my team to add to them because everything works better when you've got more brains on on a project. But in terms of the initial stages of, you know, what's coming next in my office suite, what I want to do next in my office suite, I always very much manage and create that process myself. And it's something that works really well for me and is very easy for me to do. Okay. Fifth one, which is kind of an extension of this one as well of Office Suite is curriculum. So I also create my own curriculum. I have help. So for example, you know, right now we're creating the mastermind model and Niv is helping me a lot with the content for that because she has been in the back end doing a lot of the delivery, for example, of our systems for the last like four years. So she knows this process and these processes so well and can support me with those. In terms of overall curriculum outline, setup, how I want to teach something, and the majority of the actual teaching itself is me. The content's my thought leadership. I map out exactly what I want the curriculum to look like, and I spend a lot of time putting that together. And again, I think that says a lot about somebody who, if you know, if you're purchasing from them and they're doing all their own curriculum, you know that that's something that is going to be of high quality because it's something that they specifically care about and is something that is going to be the result of their own methodology. All right, second last one. And this one's going to sound so obvious, but it's really not. And I want to share a little bit more about why it's really not. And that is being CEO. So I don't outsource being a CEO. Unless you're paying a CEO, you are the CEO of your business. And for most of you listening, I know that will absolutely be the case, you know, knowing that you're pre-six, multi-six, building to seven figures in your business you are most likely going to be the CEO of your business. A lot of people try and lean on their business manager, or you might have someone who's called an integrator as though they are the CEO and they are not. And I know that that is something that can be really challenging for business managers in particular, if they come into a business, if they're being lent on as though they have to come up with you know, the ideas or um, strategy for something, it's really, really not going to support A, the business or B, your relationship because you can't outsource those things when you are the CEO. You're the one who needs to practically and energetically set the tone and the direction for your business. You need to lead your business. And so I'd encourage you to always look at everything through the end through the lens rather of how am I leading my business? How am I being a CEO of my business? How am I showing up in my business to provide what my business and my team need from me? It's an active role and something that is very much required to keep your business running. So I act as the CEO in my business. I show up as the CEO. I'm always showing up in that role and from that place because it's really, really important for your business to continue. 
And then the last one, but certainly not at all least, is that I do not outsource being lead coach. So I am lead coach in my business, in my programs. That means that I am spearheading the coaching team. I always know exactly what's happening with all of our clients, usually most of all within our team, although I must say my co-coaches of Niv and Taryn are so excellent and so invested and really, really take the time to deeply get to know my clients' businesses as well. But I view it as my role that I am prioritizing being the lead coach and showing up so consistently for my clients' businesses, whether it's through my co-coaches directly for my clients, whatever it is, I'm showing up and doing what I need to do to support them. So that is one of the core roles within my business being lead coach. And I just love that role so much. And I think it's so incredibly important. So there you have it. Let's do a little recap there. Seven things I don't outsource in my seven-figure business. The first is ideation. Second is thought leadership. Third is sales. Four is offer suite strategy. Five is curriculum. Six is being CEO. And seven is being lead coach. So before we wrap up, I want to tell you about two upcoming ways that you can work with me over the coming months, because I think that it's really useful to be able to plan and map out what these things might look like for you. So the first is, and you're probably at this point sick of me teasing about it, but it's coming in a couple of weeks, is a low cost offer where I'm going to take you through my launch process start to finish it's going to be so insanely valuable. I can't wait to share this with you. Jump on over to elliswift.com forward slash launch secrets incoming, launch secrets coming rather. It's a low cost offer. It's going to be incredible. I can't wait to share it with you. And then the second thing to let you know is that the next rounds of Swift Mind and Six Figure Circle will be kicking off from October this year, the start of October, a very, very start of October. So we will be selling in these masterminds in August and September, and they always sell out. And so if you want to be the first to find out about them, you need to be on the wait list. We have a couple of hundred people on the wait list. That is the place to be if you want to get a seat in SwiftMind if you're scaling to six figures or six figure circle if you are scaling to multi six figures. So the wait list you can jump on over to is elliswift.com forward slash SMM dash waitlist. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved spending this time with you. Have the most magical day ahead and I'll be with you again soon. 